Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. What's going on? You know, just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little bit of wiffle ball bat. Mm. So, um, you know what? I'm really excited we get to record. Mm-hmm. You know, I've missed you, mm. and I know you got a busy week. It's jam-packed, lots of oh, stuff yeah. going on. Lots of stuff. And uh, I appreciate that uh, you were able to secure some time for us yeah. to record. Appreciate, get this thing you, going. appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, Appreciate you. Appreciate So, listen, this is the first day, the first Monday of our journey through the 1689. Yeah. Let's do people, it. People have asked us to do this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've just been kind of sitting on it. And we wanted to do it once we could launch that website, right? Oh, that web, that, that is great. That website's nice. Oh, man. Pastor Brian Malcolm designed our yeah. 1689 website. You can go to the show notes, click the link, get on over to that. It looks great on your mobile devices. Oh, my goodness. As, as Patterson would say, nice. that website is built nice. Oh, it's built nice. It's built nice. Um, so uh, we want you to check that out. So if you don't have a copy of the 1689, we'll link to one in the show notes. So you can buy one. But definitely head on over to our website and uh, and enjoy. It's it's. Brian did a great job. Fantastic and job. We're going to be adding some stuff to it, making it a little bit cooler. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, I just love that we have this resource, this free resource. Right. Um, that could be just useful. It could be your go-to place. I mean, I know right, I've been going to one location, uh, actually the one that was on your blog. JoeThorne.net. Net slash 1689. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Because I didn't like all the other versions out there. Yeah, and it was good. It was it, it, it was okay. It's it, better than the others. Yeah, it worked for, you know, but now it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so clean, so and nice, simple. It's not going to be jammed up with our all kinds of stuff. It's no, just real simple. That's it. You guys enjoy that. So each Monday from here on out, uh, Lord willing, we will be discussing the 1689 chapter by chapter. Yeah, and most of the time, paragraph by paragraph. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time in in paragraph two, where it lists all of the books of the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, but we will touch on that. Um, but today we are in chapter one, paragraph one. On the Holy Scripture. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I'm excited. This is a this is a turning point. This is a turning point for Doctor Devotion. I mean, all things have come together. The, the the fofo has ended his candidacy. Yep. And we have begun our walkthrough of the 1689. We couldn't do it until you were officially a pastor here. Oh, I exactly. We had, we had been waiting. We want. Yeah. You know what? We could have started this about a year and a half ago. Yeah. But but you know, Jimmy uh, would have screwed it up. No, well, oh, Jimmy would have screwed it up bad. Maybe because now, maybe now you have that like you have that ability to speak ex cathedra. Oh, is that it? Yeah, I get, just, I get like to that. speak from the chair of Peter. But but you know, Baptisty more Baptisty more Baptisty like Catholic-y. that. Okay, yeah. gotcha. All right, that's gonna be hard for anybody. All right, let's do it. All right, you want me to read it? Or yeah, you go for it? it. No, you read it. All right, sixteen eighty nine, chapter one, paragraph one. The Holy Scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule of all saving knowledge and faith and obedience. Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men without excuse, yet they are not sufficient to give that knowledge of God and his will which is necessary unto salvation. Therefore it pleased the Lord at sundry times and in diversified manners to reveal himself and to declare his will unto his church and afterwards for the better preserving and propagating of the truth and for the more sure establishment and comfort of the church against the corruptions of the flesh and the malice of Satan and of the world, to commit the same wholly unto writing, mm. which makes the Holy Scripture to be most necessary, those former ways of God's revealing his will unto his people being now completed. 
There we go. All right. It's hard to read. It All is right. hard. Very, very uh, detailed, very concise, very just to the point. Beautiful. And there's so much here. Now, we're not going to we're not going to dig deep and go through every single word here. No, what no. We, what we want to do, though, is is unpack a little bit of of the the essence of what's being said here and and really work at connecting this to the experience of faith and experiential theology. Absolutely. Right? So here what we're talking about is scripture, right? Um, and what are some what are some basic doctrines that come to mind when we think about scripture? What, what, what's the doctrine that comes to mind? I mean, uh, inerrancy, inerrancy, right? That, that's without error, infallibility, yep. um, sola scriptura, yep. divine inspiration. Yep. Um, there's there's a number of of scriptures that are um, that that come to mind. And that you're verbal plenary s- inspiration. Uh, verbal yes, plenary. Yep. 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 Verbal plenary. Which means. You know, spoken, the very words of God. The very words, all of the words. Well, this one's not. This one's not. The KJV is, but this one's not. KJV only? KJV only. KJVO? Exactly. Oh, man. All right. So (laughs) what this this says, right, uh, early on in this paragraph is that the scripture is the rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience, right? It's the only rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. Those three things, right? What is the scripture... Um, the rule of these three things. So when it says saving knowledge, what specifically is it talking about? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's talking about what, uh, like, how do you how do you word it? Like all saving knowledge, like what is in there is where we go to know how we are to be saved, where redemption right. comes from. That redemption is only found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Very, that's that's well what said. this is all just said like a pastor. Towards. Said oh, like said like a bishop. good thing we didn't do this a year ago. I know because then it would just been like wrong. <laughs> um, so when we say it's the rule of all saving knowledge, it means that there you're not going to find this knowledge anywhere Elsewhere. else. That's right. And what you do find in this book is saving knowledge. So if a person is going to be saved, if a person is going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, if they're going to be born again, it will only happen in conjunction with this book. Oh, exactly. The word of God it being proclaimed that, that uh, as the word of God is being proclaimed, as the gospel is being proclaimed, that God, the spirit uses mm-hmm. the word of God, the scripture to uh, to turn hearts and minds to him. Right, right. So that we say the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Yep. Right? So where do you find the gospel? You don't find that in nature. You find nope. that right here in the scripture. Um, it's it's the message that we preach. We're a, a, a preaching, a teaching community. And, uh, and what we preach and teach is supposed to come from one place and one yeah. place only, and that is the scripture. So saving knowledge is found in the scripture, but it's also the rule of faith. Yeah, what does that mean, Joe? What does it mean, saving faith? So saving knowledge and faith, faith being, um, you know, the, I guess uh, you could look at this in a couple of ways. It's the rule of faith in that it tells us what we are supposed to believe and whom we are supposed to believe in. Yeah. So everything that we can know about God is found in scripture. It's Correct. written plainly. It's written clearly. Um, Martin Luther would say it's perspicuous, right? The perspicuity of Scripture means yeah. that it is understandable, though it's not all equally easily understandable. It no, is no. all comprehensible uh, and given to us for our benefit. So when we say it's the rule of faith, we're saying that the Scripture alone not only informs our faith, but it builds our faith. Correct. It is it is the instrument that God uses not just to convert us, but to grow us so that our faith is becoming stronger. I mean, you guys know, sometimes your faith is weak and sometimes your faith is strong. Yeah. Uh, some people have, have t- periods of backsliding and doubt, and then there are times when their faith is flourishing. And I can speak for myself. 
that there are times when I doubt, there are times when I wonder, and I, I, I still have this happen to me. It still happens. It happens, I don't want to say regularly, but it happens throughout a year Yeah, yeah. at different points where I will wonder, is all of this just in my head? Is, yeah. this, is this whole Christian thing just a religion? Yeah, have I been hoodwinked? I, I wonder sometimes. And you, what I do, though, is I humble myself and I go back to the scripture yeah. and I read it and I am persuaded that it is the word of God. And we're going to talk about that later, how yeah. that works. But that's that's what we mean by it is the rule of all faith. Third, it's uh, this uh, we're talking about how knowledge uh, so it 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 scripture informs and the, it you know it informs who we are to believe in, mm-hmm. how you know what redemption is. It builds our faith, but then it also works out our faith in obedience, right? Right. Like that, you know, people talk about that. The uh, the uh, was it head, heart, hand. Right. And I know we've put it in the way that we, we understand we a, it. Head, heart, hand is good. It is. Well, uh, we, we got a better way of talking. We have a better about way of it. talking it, about it. it. It's, it's part of our theological method. You'll hear about this if you come to uh, uh, Legacy Chicago. Legacy Chicago. But you know the way we talk about it is uh, confidence, conviction, conduct. Right. Right. And so it is, It is when we look to scripture, it tells us how we are to live. Uh, it tells us what are the works of righteousness and the works of, of unrighteousness. Right. right? Absolutely. Uh, how we are to live day by day. I mean, um, and because that we're living that which is, is good uh, and what we are called to, to glorify God and to, to live according to the will of God. So this is important because it's a reminder that the only place where you can learn the will of God, the only place yeah. that tells you what is right and what is wrong with authority or with authoritate mm-hmm. is the Bible. Okay. Wait, you mean I can't go with my feelings? Uh, you can. I can't go with the culture and what other people tell you, me. You're allowed to do I that. I can't follow you, the Trump train and you, and no, do whatever I want or the Bethel train or, or the any Bethel, other. Yeah. Like this, listen. If somebody is telling you that what you're doing is sin. If they can't show you in the scripture plainly. Oh, Joe, you're smoking a cigar. That's that's sin. You uh, sinful individual. What makes you think I'm smoking a cigar? Huh? What when you, you smoke cigars. Oh, when, when I you, smoke yeah, cigars. When, yeah, you like to smoke cigars. Yeah. When you're smoking those cigars, it's a sin. Okay. I am smoking one right now, too. Um, <laughs> Sinner. All right. So, for example, um, in Galatians chapter 5, let me get there. Here we have two lists, Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and in uh, Galatians 5.18, we have a list of the deeds of unrighteousness, as you yep. were saying, Jimmy, and a list of righteousness. Yeah, see? The the see, I, you know, I'm informed by the word you of God. You know things. I know things. things. Things come to me. Listen to this. This is uh, Galatians 5.18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, just notice, by the way, in this list of wickedness, you have orgies, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And you have jealousy. Oh. They're like, like, look, people think like, well, orgies are really bad. Jealousy, you know. Jealousy is bad too. Jealousy is very, very evil. So there we have scripture telling us, but then it goes on in verse 22 to say, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things. There is no law. Yeah. So the Bible, the Bible is what tells us. It is our rule for these things. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not just the the rule for saving knowledge, faith, and obedience, but just above that, though, it is sufficient, certain, infallible. That's right. And that's really where you get to that principle of sola scriptura, Yeah. right? Um, You know, to say that it is sufficient means that you don't need anything else else to help you uh, know who God is. Yep. And if we do get helps that are actually going to help us, they will simply be explaining to us the primary help. Yeah, well, like, like, like confessions. Right. Right? Confessions and creeds. I mean, these, these things should be pointing. It's, it's all, all it's doing is summarizing what Scripture has already said. Right. It, it, listen, if, the, if your confession or your statement of faith is unclear, it's not helpful. Yeah. And if it isn't pointing you to Scripture, if it isn't unpacking the truth of Scripture, then it's, then it's dangerous. Yeah. So it, it, everything has to go back to the sufficient Word of God. It, see, like a lot, of, a lot of Christians will believe in the authority of God's Word. What it says is, is authoritative. But the sufficiency... That seems to be one that we struggle with more because we're so hungry for something new, something fresh. You know, like, oh, this is boring. You know, well, I've read this and a I think part times. of it, too, is like uh, we kind of say, you know, Scripture is not a handbook. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's not it's not like this recipe book or, or anything like that where uh, you just kind of go to it. And, you know, if you've got a question about about uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Libertarianism right? versus uh, liberalism. There you go. People would say, well, hold on. I can't go to Scripture for that, so I need to. But you know what, though? Scripture should still be informing. Yeah. Scripture should still your be informing of your politics. view of yeah. politics and culture and your, your, your worldview. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's sufficient, but it's also uh, certain and infallible. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in, in that case, what we're saying um, is that it is right and it is true. Yeah. And um, it is, it's, so that's, that's where we could put our trust in. It is certain. There, yeah. There's, there's, uh, you don't have to have faith in something else. Right. You can trust that this is the word of God that, uh, I mean, you look at uh, uh, 2 Timothy uh, 3.16, yep. right? All scripture is God breathed, yeah. right? And that God is good. He is true. He is just. Um, and so we know that his word is good yeah. and just and right. You know, it, it, like you said, it's trustworthy, right? Um, and if we say that it is sufficient, certain, and infallible, what we're saying is is that the scripture is perfect. Yeah. Right? Now, that doesn't I mean like that, that it's going to meet all of your expectations and standards. Well, that's actually uh, a really important but, point because it's going to contradict a lot of the things that we want to believe in. Right, right. Uh, and, and it's it's going to... Um, it's going to challenge us. I mean, yeah. it's going to it's going to push up against us. But I love Psalm 19, right? Because the first half of Psalm 19 is about general revelation, yeah. right? The revelation of God in creation, and then the second half of Psalm 19 is on special revelation, yeah. or specifically speaking about the Word of God. And here it says in verse seven, "The law of the Lord is perfect." reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. You get it, right? This is saying that the scripture is the only sufficient, certain, and infallible rule of all saving knowledge, uh, faith, and obedience. So then what's the point of general revelation then? Because, I mean, there's a, there's a distinction being made here. Within, in scripture, it's being made, and it's, just, it's being highlighted here in, mm-hmm. in paragraph one. Right. Like, what is then the purpose of, of general revelation. Well, it says, right? It says right there, um, although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God 
as to leave men inexcusable, yet they are not sufficient to give that knowledge of God and his will which is necessary unto salvation. So the purpose of general revelation is to reveal God, but in doing so, sinful man rejects that revelation. So we are without excuse. Nobody can say like, well, God never said anything to me. The creation of the Lord speaks forth day and night, all the time, testifying to the reality of God's goodness, of God's righteousness. The breath you are taking. All of that. God is self-evident in creation because he made it. And yet our response, Romans 1, our response is we reject that. We don't want it. And so like people say, well, what if somebody does, if somebody does respond to general revelation, uh, maybe they can be saved. It is it is not sufficient to save anyone, no. and they don't respond. We don't respond to general revelation. It's why we need special revelation to clearly communicate what general revelation can't, that a sin substitute, right, must come and take our place. Because what creation can tell us, right, uh, I mean, here it says goodness, wisdom, and power of God. I would, I would say that um, – that we can learn just from, we should be able to learn just from creation that God is good and holy and we are not yeah. because our own conscience is at odds with our behavior, right? C.S. Lewis mm. writes about this in Mere Christianity, yeah, yeah. right? So I, I think that it's, it, it, it's there and we get these hints, we get these glimpses of God in general, but even when we get that, we don't respond to it in faith. Well, I mean, that's we where like, like, I mean, I don't know if you're, you've experienced Joe, but I have experienced just in my travels, right? Like you, you're kind of standing up on a on a cliff, or you're standing somewhere, and like I, I think people sense that, think people feel that when they're overwhelmed, right? right. The grandeur of God, of yeah. the grandeur of God, right? But this is even as beautiful as that is, and as as breathtaking as it is, it one pales in comparison to the glory of God and who God is, mm. but also pales in comparison to the the person and work of Jesus Christ. Yes. and it's and 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 that grandeur is insufficient to. Uh, to for saving knowledge, right, right, and um, the I was going to say something I just forgot. So I, I totally, I totally agree with what you're saying, and I, I this is what I was going to say. I think that while people will not respond to general revelation in faith, yeah, once we are given the gift of faith, once we are born again and we are believers, then general revelation becomes very sweet to us. Oh yeah, because. Because through special revelation, we are better able to appreciate general revelation and through a renewed heart and eyes that see, we can see and respond to God who is revealed in creation. So then why has God given us the scripture, right? Like if, uh, like why then, I mean, well, obviously, you know, we've said that, that general revelation is not, uh, is not sufficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, but let's, let's dig down deeper into uh, why then do we have scripture? Well, and you know, he, he lays it out for us right there in the middle, the second half of this paragraph um, on why God has given us a scripture. And to, to just kind of bullet point it, you can see it in there. Um, we have the scripture. God gives us the scripture to reveal himself, to declare his will, to preserve the truth, and to strengthen the church against the flesh, Satan, and the world. Those That's are the good. four basic reasons, right? So number one mm-hmm. um, He's revealing himself. So it's not just God showing us his will, which is critically important. We want to know what yeah. to do. But it's to reveal himself, his person, his character, um, his work. Who is God, right? If you want to understand who you are, and that's like every man and every woman's, one of their most basic needs, right, is to understand who am I yeah. truly. You can't figure that out until you first understand who God is. And so the scripture tells us in great detail who God is, right? And the, uh, the, the catechism says that God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. That's 
That's what God is. Yeah. And scripture tells us that. That's one of the reasons. So that God wants us to see him, to know him, to believe in him. And the the more that we understand of God, which is theology, everybody, the more mm-hmm. we understand of, of God, the more he is, the more his glory is made manifest in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. I, secondly, uh, declare his will to the church, right? That uh, that we that he will be our God and we will be his people, that we would live lives, that we would seek out his glory and to proclaim his glory and his love and his goodness and yeah. his forgiveness. Uh, and I mean, and his justice to mm-hmm. the world. Right. I mean, uh, scripture throughout scripture, we see uh, God instructing uh, his people, his church on what his will is and and to interact with those with the world around us to be, uh, to be in the world, not of the world. Right. Uh, and, and so we, we glorify him and enjoy him forever. Right. And so to be in the world, but not of the world means that we are of the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. We are following him. And when the, when the Bible talks like here, when the confession says declare his will, right? The will of God is understood in scripture in two basic ways, right? We've talked about this before. There is the will of Purpose and the will of precept. Yeah. So the will of purpose is God's sovereign will of decree. He has foreordained whatsoever comes to pass. This has not been revealed to us. Only a few aspects of God's will of purpose have been revealed, like the second coming of Jesus, for example. That is going to happen. It's a guarantee, and that's been revealed. Uh, Sometimes it's called his secret will out of, I think, Deuteronomy 29. But um, it is his will of precept that we're really talking about here. It's, um, It's... the commands that he has given us or his will for our lives. So you can think 10 commandments or you can think, um, was it Malachi 6, 8, to love mercy, to do justice and to walk humbly with God. All of those commands in scripture tell us what to do. And it was written down specifically so that the truth would be preserved. Because if it was just left up to oral tradition, after a few thousand years, you know, I mean, God could certainly superintend that. Yeah. But, you know, it it becomes a, a lot more problematic and it also hinders the spread of of this information so it was written down so that it could be disseminated broadly and widely and in the writing of holy scripture it was preserved so that um, it is a trustworthy document that we have today it's something that we can talk about in the future why we can trust the bible Mm -hmm. and what the what the persuasive arguments are for the scripture being a, a trustworthy collection of ancient documents So, yeah, I mean, reveal himself, declare his will to the church, uh, preserve the church, or sorry, preserve the truth, correct? Mm -hmm. And then strengthen the church against the flesh, Satan, and the world. I love that. I I just think that's, I mean, that's, well, you're going back to uh, uh, to 2 Timothy uh, 3.16, right? That all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, training in righteousness, mm-hmm. so that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. I right. feel like I'm missing something. You, you got it. You got it. I feel like I missed something there. You, you, you're basically a heretic for what you missed. But no, no, no. no, 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 no you're good. You're good. No, no, no. I, no, 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 okay, I feel like I missed. Uh, all Scripture is, is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That's that what the you man- said. Okay, okay. Apparently, man, I had it right. By the way, by the man of God. By the, by the man. Man. The man. Man. Yeah. And Piper never wants you to forget it. Yeah. Um, never forget it. So, okay, I guess I had <laughs> Mom's Mom's spaghetti. spaghetti. <laughs> I love that, like, specifically, God gives us his holy book so that we would be strong. Yeah. That's appealing. 
right? Because the because, and that's grace. That that's oh, grace of God. So much grace. Because listen, uh, we're not naturally strong. We can no. think that we're tough guys. We can think that we're strong, or maybe we're just fat slobs. I don't know. You'd have to ask. Yeah, Cody. ask Cody. Um, tell Cody will let us know. But like, but we need to be strong as men and women, and as young believers, we need to be strong. But the problem is, is that we face weaknesses, right? We have our own weaknesses. Our flesh will fight against our faith. Right, the principle of sin that remains with us will fight against us. So we need to be strong in spirit to, to fight that spiritual warfare against the principle of sin. And it's not just internal. I do think that's probably the primary struggle that we have. I think that's the primary but struggle we ex- sense. There are feel. external enemies and dangers as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the personal work of uh, Satan. Satan. <laughs> I do you church about lady? to say Satan. No, Satan. <laughs> Satan. Satan's my friend. Satan's your friend. Mm. You like Satan? Satan shirts. Satin sheets. I've never seen you wear satin. Oh, I wear satin like every Sunday. What are you talking about? You do not. No, I don't. I'm gonna say, I don't, don't even don't you ever pretend like that. So yeah, I mean, against uh, against the temptations and the person and work of of Satan, right? He wants to destroy us. Yeah, it, scripture tells us that he prowls around, walks around, prowls, crouches around, prowl like a prowling prowls lion, around like a ro- no prowls around, like a roaring like lion, a roaring lion. Yeah, see, it's there. Scripture's so, there. So, like, listen, you cannot stand up against the devil. You're a punk, and the devil is a bad mamajama. He is a legit threat. But we don't have to be afraid. Okay, right. I, I, we don't have to be afraid. We don't. Because victory is ours. Yeah, we don't have to be in afraid. In Christ. Because greater is he who is in us than he yep. who is in the world. Yep. And we have the scripture, which God uses to transform us and strengthen us against the devil's attacks. And not just the devil, but the world. Yeah. I mean, the world is constantly angling for our allegiance and our affection and our admiration and our aspirations and, and our, our aspirin uh, i can't think of another one but the the, the the world wants our allegiance and the world is constantly tempting us to disbelieve that god is enough that his truth is true that um that we can trust what he says i mean the world is really as a system is, is an extension of the work of satan in that it is it is luring us into something yeah. that is antithetical to God and to His truth. So, I mean, uh, at the end of the at the end of the paragraph one, it talks about that the scripture is the end of divine revelation today. Yeah, it says, uh, and then in parentheses it says, "We talk in cessationism, yo." That's what it. It's, <laughs> is that's that what it says? It's in the footnote. It, yeah. That's in the footnote. It's a, it's so a, it's here, a footnote. I'm gonna go. I'll just read it here. Um, uh, commit the whole unto writing, which maketh. I'm reading from. Uh, what is this? A modern exposition of the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith by Waldron. Sam Waldron. Samuel he's got Waldron. That Wal- he's got that voice. Sam Waldron. Samuel Waldron. Which make it the Holy Scriptures to be most necessary, those former ways of God's revealing his, the former ways of God's revealing of his will unto his people being now ceased. So those former ways, you know, uh, prophecies, signs, wonders, right. those kind of, those kind of things. Burning bush, uh, all that stuff. God, you know, I mean, in this, this, this. So wait, you're telling me there's no, there's no more special revelation. Are you telling me that? Come on, Joe. I mean, there's got to be some fresh revelation. I mean, I hear about it from churches all the time that that this Holy Spirit's doing a new work. Yeah, you know, I hear just people, started. You know, I hear people say all the time, like, "Well, God told me um, that I should do this," mm. or "God told me I shouldn't do that." Uh, now, when they say that, oftentimes all they simply mean is is that God brought to mind a principle of Scripture 
And yeah, I, I can and agree I, with that. So I totally agree with that. I, I mean, it might not be the best way to say it, but I'm not going to pick on it. It's fine. I know yeah, what they yeah. mean. Um, but other people, they're saying, oh, no, God gave me a divine revelation that is as equal as Scripture. Exactly. And you need to listen to this as if it was Scripture. But this is, this is really straight out of Hebrews, right? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Yeah. God is done revealing himself uh, in the person and work of Christ and in the work of Scripture. Scripture is the final revelation of God. Yes. The canon is closed, so there is no more revelation happening. The next revelation that is going to happen will be when Jesus returns. Surprise! Mm-hmm. And... Um, Spoiler alert. Yes, he does. He's coming back. Uh, We just don't know when. And so, yeah, the scripture is the end of divine revelation for today, and we need to understand that. So instead of praying and yearning for God to reveal something to us, we need to be praying over the revelation God has given to us. That's right. Right? It's it's here. We have it. We have it in our hands. You have it in in your phone. It's everywhere. It's free. There's no excuse not to be pouring over the revelation of God. How many times do we say as Christians, man, I just, I don't know what to do. What does God want me to do? I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And the Bible is filled with God it's telling, telling you, you right there. exactly what to do. And sometimes, yes, you need to pray for wisdom and get insight from other people on how to navigate very specific or certain situations. But that's why God gave you the church. That's, that's why right. God gave you teachers and preachers. That's right. Because we're not supposed to do this alone. But everything that we learn about God and everything that we're called to do needs to be stemming from the scripture itself because it is the rule of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. Man, paragraph one. It's a good paragraph. There's man. a lot there. Make sure you look, you know, read it over. Like if you're looking at the uh, at the website there, you know, you should be able to look at some of the the scripture references. Yep, all the scripture references are right you there. You know, are, are all right there for you to kind of look at it. And so, uh, man, we're really encouraged. Head on over to that website. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on to the website DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store. And grab yourself a T-shirt. I just got a I just got a text from um, our blog editor, oh, okay. Tony Dopke. Yep, he just got accepted into RTS. What What's up? up? What up? That's Tony. That's Tony Dopke, y'all. Yeah, man, he's a good guy. Uh, love Tony. Hey, if you want to write for Doctrine and Devotion, mm. head on over to doctrineanddevotion.com/slash/submissions. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Video content sporadically. Later.